Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. This is the coolest place I've ever celebrated Mass. <laughs> like, of all the hicks we have seen on this pilgrimage, this is by far the most incredible hick, the most incredible here. The, the tomb's right there. <laughs> Just through that door, you walk past it walking over here. Here's what I find, I have two, maybe two thoughts, I don't know, we'll see what happens. Two thoughts uh, for this Mass for us as we celebrate Easter Sunday. The first is this, that over the course of my life, I've gotten to visit some pretty awesome places and see some amazing things. That's one of the cool things about priesthood. You get to travel the world and do things like this, meet amazing people, go to amazing places. And often, with all these pilgrimages and trips and journeys and adventures, you, you go to see things. Right? You go to see the Holy Father in St. Peter's Basilica. You go to see the Sistine Chapel. Um, I'm thinking about the, the trip I just took last fall with our eighth graders to Washington, D.C. You go to see the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. You go to see amazing places. This is the only place in the world where you, like, you go to see something that's not there. Like every year, millions of people come to this place to look inside of a room and be like, yeah, there's nothing in here. And that's what's amazing. Because there's supposed to be a body in there. Because dead people tend to stay dead. Te- dead people tend to stay dead. They knew that in the ancient world. They weren't just like, it's not as though we moderns, you know, because of the Enlightenment, because of science, you know, we have this modern rationalism that we know that dead people stay dead. No, no, no. Like, they knew that in the ancient world. They knew that. They were so much more accustomed with death than even we are. Like, dead, death was all around them. They didn't ship dying people off to places like we do today. They didn't make it sterile and antiseptic. It was up close and personal. It was in the home They knew death. They knew the dead people stayed dead. And yet from the very beginning, the claim of the first Christians is that that dead man that we followed, he didn't stay dead. Nor did he just simply come back to life like Lazarus. He passed through death out to the other side like one stepping through a doorway. The kind of life that Jesus has now is a life that's untouched by finitude and limitation and death. The book of Ecclesiastes says this, that the Lord has put the timeless into our hearts without men ever knowing it. That we have built into the architecture of our humanity this infinite longing for life beyond death. This is why funerals are awful. This is why death is awful. This is why we are sad when we say goodbye. Because we know we're not made for goodbyes. We're made for endless love. And yet we live in a world where things end. Even even the most amazing things eventually end. 
And yet, we long for endless love, endless life, endless beauty, endless joy. You know, in the Song of Songs, the book that's in the very middle of the entire Bible, the bride cries out for a love that's stronger than death. Pope Benedict said that Easter Sunday is God's answer to the bride's cry for a love that's stronger than death. Indeed, there is something stronger than death. And it's his love. And what Jesus began Easter Sunday morning, it's not as though this whole Christian project is like... It's not as though he's trying to take us from this world to this colony far, far away called heaven. No, Easter Sunday morning, it's the eighth day. It's the recreation on the, on the Sabbath, the first day of the week. All the evangelists say on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, something new is breaking forth. This is God recreating the entire cosmos that what began in Jesus is going to extend to everybody, right? What do we say in the creed? I believe in the resurrection of the body. Whose body? Everybody. That what happened to his body will happen to our bodies. The resurrection of the body, the recreation of the cosmos, everything being reconstituted. That's why Paul says that Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. You know what the first fruits are of the harvest? It's not a trick question. It's the first fruits that come up, right? Appropriately named. The first fruits signal what? More to come. More to come. If he's the first, we're the harvest. And so the church's job is to be the outpost of heaven on earth. That we are called to Christify the world around us, to be these agents of transformation, to do what Jesus did. The resurrection breaks forth all these new possibilities because there's a love that's stronger than death. That we can hold on to hope in a way that no one before could. We can love in a way that nobody before could. We can have hope in grief like no one before could because Jesus has broken through all the possibilities. What began on, in him on that first day of the week will unfold in all of us. The entire cosmos being drawn up in union again with the Father. You know where we see that the first time? The, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee where he says to the fr his friends, come have breakfast. And you have Jesus making baked fish over a charcoal fire. And you have to imagine him eating the fish, right? So the resurrected Jesus is eating this fish. Imagine being that fish. Like that morning, you're just like swimming along with your buddies. The net gets thrown into the sea. 
you get hauled out, you're gasping for water, and then you die, and then you get cooked over this fire, and then the resurrected Son of Man consumes you, and you become part of the resurrected body. My point is this, that when Jesus disappeared from them again, it's not as though the little glob of semi-digested fish that was in his stomach just like splat on the ground as he disappeared. It was taken up. It was taken up into him. That happens now. This, this, that's what's happening right here in this place. That the resurrected Jesus says, come eat with me. And we consume the Eucharist, which is his resurrected flesh, and then it consumes us. Astounding. Absolutely astounding. Friends, in this place, in this place where the impossible happened, where love shows itself as stronger than death, where that broke through, where we found out that our hearts all along aren't stupid for wanting Endless life, endless joy, endless bliss, endless beauty, endless goodness. Like, that's what the resurrection proclaims. Your heart's not stupid. Your heart's not stupid. It will be yours, is what he says. It will be ours. Amen.